ahead and bring in our first guest because as I talk about our, our our next guest, she is one that I have admired for a long time. I, when I first got on, you know, sort of Instagram with the logistics mindset, you know, a handful of years ago, Pearl Trans is one of the first accounts that I followed on Instagram because I just loved their branding. I loved their look. They have a really clean, just sort of a look that is inspiring to me. It's a lot of purple in their branding. As you can tell, I am a fan of purple. I have it all decked out head to toe today. Um, but let's go ahead and bring on Lorena. She is the CEO and founder of Pearl Trans. Lorena, welcome into the show. Hi, Blay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. First question, did you watch Moon Knight already? Yes, it is so good. I'm yes. very excited for this series. I was just telling Isaiah, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be uh, one of my favorites for this year. And, you know, just overall MCU. Yeah, likewise, I, I think it's one of those shows that it really, it, the, it was the best first episode. And we, it, Isaiah and along with the other production crew, shout out to them because we usually talk about all these shows right before we come on for Cyberly. But it, they, I think they said that it was the highest rated Marvel show on Disney Plus so far. So big fans already. Now, for, for you, Lorena, going back to you and your business, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get involved with the, lo- with the logistics industry? What was sort of the catalyst for you for, for getting into this industry? Well, <clears throat> you know, kind of like uh, I feel like everybody else that I've met in the industry where no one, you know, when they're little, you ask them, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? No one really says logistics specialist. Um, it just happened for me. Um, I was looking for a part time job. I was in college pursuing a mechanical engineering degree and I had to get a job. Um so I applied for a company and, you know, it was just to answer phones. I really didn't know what type of company it was. And so it opened up a whole new world for me. I just I fell in love with the type of customers that we worked with and just the way that our services facilitated their operations. So uh, eventually I started taking other business courses, but then eventually dropped out of school and just started from customer service, went to dispatch and then later on to become the VP of operations. And then a few years after that, the company had to shut down. So that's when I had the opportunity to venture out on my own and start Pearl. Oh, I love that story. I didn't know that. the. I mean, I'm sorry that the company closed down, but that's, I mean, that side note, that's sort of a, a similar trajectory for me. I started off in logistics and worked for that company for five years and then they shut down. And that's when I started up, you know, the, the digital dispatch operations where, you know, it leads us all, all those pathways lead here. So, so tell me a little bit about how you started up with, with, with just the Pearl Trans brand, because that's what really sort of stood out to me the most with your company. Yeah, so um, when I started Pearl, I mean, everything happened within a few months. So I just needed a logo to just slap on our letterhead and our flyer just to let people know we were open for business. So I picked purple because it was my favorite color. So it was just, okay, I want purple. I want our brand to represent my favorite color. And it's actually interesting um, because I know a couple companies, when they start their company, they do a whole brand audit and you know, each color has to represent something, but we really didn't have the time or the resources to do that. But I'm currently taking a business development program 
And one of the assignments was to you asking, what do your colors represent? And one of the examples that the facilitator mentioned is how some people pick blue because it conveys trust. So what I did was I just started Googling, you know, what purple could represent. And one of the representations that most resonated with me was that it conveys creativity. And that's a requirement in logistics. You are coming up with creative solutions for your customers. They call you, they need something delivered from point A to point B. And then it's up to you to see what's the quickest way. What's at stake? Is it cost? Is it speed? You know, uh, do you want to drive it? Or if it's three to 400 miles, you may think, okay, let's fly it. But what's the flight schedule look like? Recovery time, lockout time, uh, you know, all of that involved. Of course, you know, there's now technology in place where you don't have to do all that thinking. It kind of takes the fun away from it. But your creativity is required in logistics. So that's why in retrospect, I'm really glad that I picked purple because it does reflect the creativity that we have externally, the services we provide our customers, but everything that we do inside Pearl. I love that. That's such a great brand story. And I, I mean, it just, it makes a lot of sense because that was what I, the color attracted me initially. And then now the story behind it, um, it just makes it so much more appealing. Now, when you're speaking about your, your logistics offerings, you, you guys specialize in courier services. How is How does courier services fit into, I guess, the larger logistics ecosystem? Why did you choose to focus in that area? So um, I picked uh, career because uh, that's well, that's pretty much what we were doing. And there, I mean, there's a, a big need. I know that you, you see big trucks on the freeway. So couriers are a little more incognito <laughs> of what we do, but um, they're still a very important part of the supply chain because it's the last mile of the delivery. Um, w- the reason why, uh, you know, trucking companies may even use our services is because sometimes it's cheaper to pay that cross-stocking fee for a pallet and then have a, a van deliver it. Or it even helps optimize a truck's route because out of the 50 stops that a truck may have, he may have to go into the city to drop off two or three of them, which totally deviates him from the route. So it's cheaper and more effective for them to just drop it off at a warehouse and, you know, just have a career deliver it. Or in some cases, because we're predominantly in L.A., um, there's... uh, restrictions on the size and weight of the vehicle that could go into certain neighborhoods. Like we have a customer that uses our services. Um, Her customer's facility is on a hill. So, I mean, it would be easier if a 24 foot bobtail could just drop off the pallets. You would think it's just simpler, but she uses our services to break down the pallets and then deliver the loose boxes because a truck cannot go in through that narrow street. So you're, you're finding solutions with creativity using, you know, already established methods, which I love. And, and then there's another aspect of your business where it's, it's medical deliveries. Can you tell us a little bit about that and sort of the intricacies around medical deliveries? Sure. So when people think of like healthcare supply chain, you know, they see it as a vertical, but really within the medical vertical, there's so many other items that we deliver. You know, you deliver medical equipment, specimens, 
organs, um, you know, pharmaceuticals and everything in between. So um, what we specialize in is uh, like, for example, for the VA clinics in Northern California, we deliver medical equipment. So those surgical instruments that they use at the clinics, we make sure that we transport them between the processing lab and the clinic and our drivers do that back and forth throughout the day to make sure that not only the doctor has enough um, enough inventory so as to not cancel any patient appointments, but also still um, meet OSHA regulations where the surgical instruments aren't sitting for more than four hours because then there's certain corrosion and then there's certain regulations there where those instruments decay and then you know could no longer be used. Um, a big part of our business is also delivering specimens. So obviously, you know, COVID samples, um, but also a large part of our business is delivering fertility specimens. So we deliver frozen embryos, sperm, eggs, and with that, you know, there's no messing around. That has to be maintained at a certain temperature and it has to be taken from point A to point B directly. There's a strict chain of custody because of what's at stake. Oh, wow. I didn't, I wouldn't have even think. So is your team like boxing? I don't want to say even like boxing these, you know, specimens up, but when it comes to like, you know, fertility treatments and things like that. What kind of containers is that going? Are you guys handling that or is the medical facility handling that and you guys are just, you know, picking it up and, and, and dropping it off? Yeah, no, we, uh, we're we not a lab. So we make that clear to the patients that uh, work with us directly. Um, the facilities um, provi- usually provide their own liquid nitrogen tank. Mm-hmm. If not, oh, wow. uh, we also have a partner that we work with. And But because it's liquid nitrogen, there are certain regulations where it has to be kept upright because of the liquid nitrogen spills then um, it just reduces um, because you have to keep it at like minus 165 degrees, but it only holds that temperature for a certain time. And if you were to spill the liquid nitrogen, it further decreases that time frame of, you know, and you don't, you you cannot have any of these, uh, any of these specimens spoil because, you know, that's the future family right there. Oh yeah. I I mean, it's, it's, crazy to even think about, you know, the, the, I guess the, all of the just implications of what you're shipping and certain modes of shipments and and how it can affect the lives of so many other people. It's, it's wild to think about. So thank you for breaking that down for us. And, and it's sort of shifting gears a little bit. You you mentioned in our pre-show document that your team has benefited from you serving on a nonprofit board. And you said that business owners should serve on a nonprofit board. And you do, you currently do so for customers. Customized Logistics and the Delivery Association saying that when you're the boss of your company, people may be scared of telling you what uh, what you should know and that being on a board has humbled you. How do you think that being on a board has changed your business and how you operate that business? Yes. So I really believe that every business owner should serve, you know, at some point at a, on a nonprofit board. 
um, because, you know, for the greater good, but also because it really, I think that's where it really tests you on what kind of leader you are. So in the workplace, you know, when you have your business, you want to make it an atmosphere where people are so open to share their ideas and maybe even question your thought process because maybe they have like, they're, they're seeing things a different way because that's, that's the whole dynamic of working on a team, but there may be some employees because you're the boss. They may not, you know, want to question you or may not want to maybe scared of, you know, sharing some input, but when you're working with a nonprofit board Everyone there is a volunteer and there's a lot of strong personalities or there can be a lot of strong personalities. So that's when it kind of toughens you up and it humbles you in a way because you may think you have a great idea, but there are other ideas that may be better than yours or there's other ways of seeing things and you may not be able to see that within your business. So I feel like in a way serving, you know, it does take some hours from my from my day serving but the rewards are just so much greater because it just it just helps you build character something that you just you know you can't go to a class and learn it just puts you in situations where you just it just it just humbles you and you grow as a person and as a leader and, and as you're talking about your leadership skills and how, you know, serving on the board has helped you within the own business or within your own business, let's talk a little bit about your business because you you feature a lot of women in your social media and it's evident that you, you focus on it from a hiring perspective. Now, we don't typically see a predominantly female-focused logistics company. And I think you're, you're definitely the leading example of that. Was it a conscious decision for you to focus on hiring women or did it sort of just happened for you? Yeah, I actually hadn't noticed that until you mentioned it. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. It's just women are just, you know, uh, such an important part of our of our business. The majority of our operations team is female. Um, the majority of our driver fleet are still male, though, Um when you think of diversity, it's not just like, oh, we just want women or we just want minorities. Diversity means a mix of people. So, um, yeah, by no ways do I want, you know, to bash men because men yeah, have been very important in my professional career in logistics. But um, it just kind of baffles me sometimes how, you know, why there aren't more women in the industry in the sense that women just have these natural qualities that are so important in logistics, like, you know, like the video um, that we created, you know, women are natural multitaskers. Women, we're used to working with limited resources. And look how important that was, like during the pandemic, all these capacity constraints, you know, women see things a little more differently. And that's why, the industry needs more women to help strengthen everything that we're already doing. Love that. Love that statement. All right, all right Lorena, as we close out the show, what's next for you? What's next for Pearl? Besides watching more episodes of Moon Knight, what do you got on the docket? So uh, one of the things we've been focusing on these last couple years is just automation. Um, we've uh, we've partnered up with a couple software providers who want to 
we it streamlined the way we onboard drivers, we onboard customers, but we really are looking at internally what other systems we could we could streamline. And also externally, when working with our clients, we're now working really close with our TMS provider in setting up APIs just so that, you know, our customers have the information that they need. It can't be set enough, you know, how now, you know, pre pen or, you know, well, we're still in a pandemic, but, um, <laughs> I know, um, but uh, real time visibility is now it's, it's not just a feature anymore. It's now a requirement. So we want to make sure that we're providing that for our clients so that then they have the information that they need. Love it. I love the message. I love the creativity. I love the approach. Everything about you, Lorena. Glad we finally were able to get you on the show. Where can folks follow more of your of your work and Pearl's work? Sure. Uh, you could visit us at uh, pearltrans.com and you could follow me on Twitter at Licious, where I don't really post about logistics. I was looking through my feed. It's mostly reviewing shows, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll change the content. <laughs> no worries. I think people are, you know, when they're checking social media, they're trying to get away from work. So that that's a, I think that that's a good thing. So thank you, Lorena. We'll, we'll put all those in the show notes so people can make it super easy for to give you and the company a follow because big fan over here. So I hope other folks are, are, are feeling the same, which I'm sure they will. So thank you, Lorena. Okay. Thank you, Blythe. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.